Howdy, howdy, howdy. My name's Eric. And this is Berto. And this is Totally Biased. Um, so we're going to start as we always start um, with our coach firing of the week. <laughs> coach firing of the week. Well, we got two weeks ago. Um, yep. First one, not that big. Uh, he's a power five coach, but Charlotte is in a big team. Will Healy, honestly, probably the least important of all the firings. There's like eight firings now in Power Five, which is crazy. It's almost one per week. But the big one everybody's been waiting for, we talked about on here for weeks now. Brian Harson got fired at from Auburn. Um, it's pretty funny. They got uh, they fired their AD like a few weeks ago, whatever, and they got the Miss State AD. There was talks that he was like set to go or like gonna sign. And then within like 30 minutes of that, he fired Brian Harson. So I don't even know if he fired him, the president fired him. There was some clause of who fires him first, but whatever. He got rid of him immediately. Um, way overdue. Uh, Auburn fans hated Brian Harson. I guess SEC fans liked him because you could get the easy dub there, but um, kind of expected. I think we've been talking about this for a while. The, the, the thing now is, will he go to another big program? ish because he came from Boise, Boise State which is kind of a big room and who is going to take his spot who's in the in the talks to be the next Auburn head coach um, the talks right now are that the number one guy on the list is Lane Kiffin Ole Miss. I've heard differently uh, okay well the betting odds have Hugh Freeze I've also heard Hugh Freeze um, but both of those are pretty much being dropped out there the other name probably you've heard is Deion Sanders. Those three gets dropped in constantly. Uh, Matt Rule, maybe coming back to the college ranks from his debacle with the Panthers after being Baylor. Uh, those are pretty much the three or four I've heard. I think Lane Kiffin would be interesting. Lane Kiffin's kind of a D-bag, but that's just how he is. So, like, it makes sense he would leave to go there because I think right now, even though Auburn is so bad, technically Auburn is a better program than Ole Miss, but, you know, depending how you look at it. Um, Matt Rule seems interesting to me. Dion, I've been saying for a while. I don't know. I don't know what you think for next head of coach at Auburn. So you had an, a wild card, or Hugh Freeze is your, your, your go? I don't I, – I'm not saying it's Hugh Freeze because I think Hugh Freeze is – Hugh Freeze is in a decent position right now, realistically. Um, I'm sure he probably wants to get back Because in... of his new contract? Sure. Yeah. Just in because of being at Liberty, because there's they're not the same if it's Liberty and no, and they're Auburn. not. They're not the same. But he did but, just get a contract like two days ago. Four million dollars a year. It's a pretty good one. Yeah, for eight years or something. Yeah. The thing with Lane, there's just so many talks about it. Um, I don't know if it's generated from anything substantial or if it's just people talking out their ass. Um, I know there's reports. That um, that he's already in talks with them or like interviewing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure what you would need to interview Lane Kiffin for um, if you're Auburn. It kind of feels like you at this point know what he is. Um, I don't know. I I don't necessarily see it, um, but I mean Auburn would be a better program than Ole Miss, like you said. Um, he complains about their lack of commitment to him financially, mm-hmm. um, t- lack of commitment to the program financially. Um, 
you know, not getting what he feels like he needs from a facilities and recruiting standpoint. Um, and so if he thinks that he is kind of maxed out what he can do at Ole Miss because of financial concerns or commitment concerns, then, you know, Auburn with deeper pockets might be the, you know, a better bet. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that means he's just that much closer to his buddy Nick Saban, too. You know, yeah, that's that's the only caveat, caveat, caveat they have to the it's a better position or a better spot in that being at Auburn, the expectation is higher. And so and you also play Nick Saban in Alabama and Kirby Smart in Georgia every year. Both they, they play them every year. That's just how that works, which sucks, which Ole Miss only plays Bama it doesn't have to play Georgia every year. So technically it's harder to win there and the expectations, even though they have more resources, more money, more facilities, recruitment, all that, yada, 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 the expectation is much higher. So him going in and going, you know, eight and four, a couple of years or whatever, wouldn't be the same if he went to Ole Miss, who's never won 10 games or whatever. You know, this year they thought they'd be like seven and five and they're like, oh, this is a great season. And they're like eight and one, whatever. Um, so that's the only caveat there. But I could see him leave just because he doesn't care really. He's just in it for the money really. And kind of just his attitude. Um, the one I've been saying for weeks now is Deion Sanders. I think that one makes sense to me. Um, like you said, I think Georgia tech also made sense of him, which is still out there. Um, but Auburn is that big name. He could just be, you know, good at recruiting, hope that wise. And then that in that way, and then, you know, just be a CEO coach there and then kind of turn around Auburn because the expectation is to turn it around quick um, at Auburn. So it'll be interesting. Matt rule, I think is also a good one. I actually think Matt rules good. One. I think he's a good recruiter, good college coach. I don't know if he'll go because I don't know if he wants to go back to the college ranks or what his plan is, but I think that'd be an interesting one as well. I mean, if you're Auburn, it'd be fun to just fuck with old miss a little bit. <laughs> if you can, yeah. if you can oh, yeah. take him. Oh yeah, I mean, for sure. Why not? The problem I mean, with the, the um, I guess, just to fuck with him, like I guess. More money than you? Yeah, like that's exactly them. what they would do. They just money whip him and be like, we're got more money. Um, The huge freeze one, though, like, is he going to come back to the SEC ever? Like, is that ever going to happen? This I whole no, but Yeah, their whole uproar in, in investigations and debacle that was at Ole Miss talking about another Ole Miss coach um maybe he doesn't ever go to an SEC maybe he doesn't even go to power five anymore Liberty is a good spot right now but he's never gonna you know win a national championship there but you know could he could he go there I could see it it could make sense those are those are the ones I've heard so I the other thing is I, I we've heard I know people are making jokes people are making tons of fun jokes and there's just so much out there right now about who's interviewing for the Auburn job. Oh, it's dumb. Um, it's dumb. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get interviewed for the Auburn yeah, job at this point. At this um, point. Because I've seen Steve Sarkeesian. Steve I've seen Sarkeesian. Uh, Bill O'Brien. Yep, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Bill O'Brien would make sense a little bit. I don't think it's happening, but that would make a little bit of sense. Sarkeesian is not fucking interviewing well, Alabama for fans. Alabama fans would rejoice if Bill O'Brien got hired on as the head coach. Because they hate him. Yeah, they hate him. Exactly. And he was a head coach, and he's not a bad head coach. He's just, you know, he's he could be back. But 
he was a good collegiate head coach. Yes. Um, at a, at one time. Yeah. And, and then he was a decent head coach in 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 the NFL. He was a bad GM in the NFL, but that's a different story. And then now he kind of sucks as an offense coordinator, to be honest. But yes. Yeah, apparently I, I don't think that one will happen just because the Alabama Auburn ties. Um Sarkeesian's not fucking interviewing. There's no fucking way. That's just that's just blasphemy. Like I don't I don't now it's just like yeah, I'll be interviewing. Like at this point, Urban Meyer's interviewing. Like, what the fuck? No, he's not. Milk and Riley's gonna be interviewing. No, he fucking ain't. You know, like that's not happening. Like Ryan Day he's... and Dabo are showing up. Like Dabo's gonna go to Auburn so he can fuck with Nick Saban. No, he's not, dude. This is all is, is Auburn a top ten <sighs> position or job? I think ten more, ten better. I'm saying no, but I think if you bring, I think he's top. It's 15, top fifteen. Yeah, that's what I was trying like, to think. Of okay. 10. Yeah. Yeah. Ten, I, mm. Fifteen makes sense. Um, here's a here's one. Is it the best open position right now? Great. We can go down the line of the list. Probably the better ones. I'll just go from order. It's probably Auburn, Nebraska, Wisconsin are probably the top three. Then maybe Arizona State. I would Colorado. do Auburn. I would do Auburn, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Is that your your list? See, I don't know. I feel like Wisconsin is right there with Auburn. It's a different, but it's like they could be right there. Um, Nebraska, I think a little bit lower. Then Colorado, Arizona State, Georgia Tech, Charlotte. Charlotte's last. Um, oh yeah. Is that all? I think there's like seven or eight. Um, but it's interesting because then, then also names got started dropping in like Luke Fickle out of Cincy. You know, and that one makes more sense if you would go to Nebraska, Wisconsin, or Matt Campbell out of Iowa State also would make a little bit more sense if he went to Iowa, uh, Wisconsin or uh, Nebraska. You know, Midwest guys kind of staying in that area instead of going to the South. But those guys would also make sense. You know, those are they're in a so. But then then you get into the whole thing. Is it better to leave right now, like maybe for Matt Campbell and Iowa State in the Big 12 to go to an SEC team because of, you know, the realignment, all this nonsense going on? Or should he wait out for you know, something else? Or is he better stop in Iowa State? Same thing for um, Luke Fickle for Cincy. Is he in a better spot right now going into the Big 12 than going to an SEC or a Big 10 team? Well, I mean... If you're a head coach and you, let's say you're a head coach that's going to be in, in the future Big 12, um, and there's an opportunity to jump to the SEC, that seems like a pretty good opportunity. Um, it's an uphill battle, though, right? Expectations are a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a lot more difficult to go 9-3 and three at Auburn than it is to go nine and three at Iowa state. Correct. Right. Of course the big 12 just signed their new contract. Yep. People are calling them the, the, the like no money conference. Yep. Their contract was not that fat. It was like 2.2 something billion for six years um, or something like that, which is not that competitive with what the sec and the big 10 just signed so yes there was a stat out there that brian horse harson is owed like 
30 mil or something like 15 year 15 mil like the next month and then they're still playing paying um fuck what's his name now guy at ucf was there gus malzahn and they had to pay their dc kevin Steele like five mil or something so they were paying those three like 45 mil to not be at auburn which is more than every team gets in the big 12 to be a team in the big 12 which is kind of just shows how much more the sec dishes out bullshit because then they have to get to pay another guy so they're gonna pay like 40 whatever million and they're gonna have to pay this guy at least five to seven eight million so you're paying like 50 mil for one coach and like two three coaches that aren't there anymore yeah, yep it's absurd it's called it's a, finance it's absurd it's, it's amazing quite absurd yeah the, the fucking fucking brian harson was trash and he's gonna get paid like 30 million in the next couple of years like what the fuck that sounds like a great gig, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Anyways, yeah, we'll we'll see who gets. I, okay, here, here's here. Do you think there's another hire coming up soon, or who would be the next firing? I think this one was the one that everybody anticipated for weeks. So this was like, yeah, I don't know if there's another one just sitting on the horizon. Um, Stanford. Yeah, David Shaw. I think he's probably out at some point here soon. Could see that. Um, depending on how certain things play out in Michigan State and well, East that Lansing, is, that's because of the whole. Yeah, but I mean, if you're talking just any reason that somebody could get fired, okay, any reasons, okay, right? I mean, um, not that I think that the debacle in the tunnel or the tussle in the tunnel, um is going to cause him to lose his job. But like, if you just want reasons that someone could, you know, yeah, having I mean, to spend eight of your players. Yeah. They spend it for, they spend it for more yeah. assaulting other players uh, and other teams players in the, in the hall. Yeah. It's not good. Not a good look for Mel Tucker. No, I could see David Shaw at Stanford. And then I think he's the most likely next one. Next one. Maybe out. the Northwestern coach. What's his face? Uh, what the fuck's this guy's name? He played there. Damn it. What's his name? Pat Fitzgerald. Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. They're like one and seven. He's been there for a while. Doesn't do Jack. Um, could be one. I don't think the Mel Tucker one will be because of the contract, just like everybody brings up the Jimbo contract. You know, those are two guys that are underperforming, but. The contracts aren't going to allow it, but the Mel Tucker could happen because of the whole debacle or that's the, or t- that's the only thing, right? Like yeah. I would assume that most of these contracts have a oh yeah by cause uh, yeah there's a cause yeah clause yeah in their contract yeah. um you know yeah, if you they, do something yep. illegal or whatever it may be it's a it's an avenue just not performing on the field is not but. Yeah, so that would be the only thing. So if you know if they're feeling like uh, they don't want Mel Tucker anymore, which I don't think is necessarily the case, that could be an out. Um, we'll see. Um, do we want to talk through some of our some of the last games? Sure. Last couple of weeks. All right. Um, okay. Yeah, the best game I think for the last couple of weeks, uh, personally for me, was the UCLA. Oregon game, um, it was it really wasn't as close as projected. Oregon kind of ran away with it. Um, pretty much just destroyed them. UCLA looked really good to me. 
thought they were really good. Um, I had them on that one. I think we both had UCLA in that one. Um, and Oregon won by like 30 or something. Like it wasn't close at all. Uh, Bo Nix showed out, had like five passing touchdowns. Which also, if you don't count his first game, right? Oregon, let me get to this in a second when we talk to playoff rankings. Oregon, the first game when they got romped like 49 to three against Georgia. The last seven, I guess, games, Bo Nix has actually been popping off. Um, there's a whole meme like he's relaxed, he's having fun, you know. It's a mad, it's a meme. It's it's an actual meme. Um, but he looks like, and I was gonna bring it up, a Heisman contender. I don't know if that's his Heisman moment, um, but he did seem way better than DTR, um, quarterback for UCLA, and it didn't seem like it was like there was ever an issue in that game. So, Bonix looking good there. Oregon looking good. They're now up until like ranked eighth or so. Um, right there potentially could get into playoffs. Um. And I think they're in the front runner now since USC lost to Utah um, to win the Pac-12 because they're undefeated in conference. Um, that could be the matchup, use, uh, Oregon versus USC um, for the Pac-12 championship game. But, you know, still three, four games left. We've got to figure that out. But it looks like they're pretty good. Um, I think that's one of the best games of the past weeks. I don't know if you have anything else on this. Yeah, I just – you know, after going losing 49 to three, yep. um, Oregon's offensive output is 70, 41, 44, 45, 49, 45, 42, yep. including 45 against UCLA. So, I mean, their offense is humming. Um, yep. Bo Nix, 2200 yards, 20 touchdowns, um, 11 three, rushing, 11 rushing. That's pretty good. Games. It's pretty good. He's on pace to do 30 passing and close to 20 rushing, which it's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty it's good. pretty good. I would 30, say. 3,500 yards passing. Yeah. I mean, yards I, th- passing, I think know? he'd be, he might be in the discussion. We'll see. I mean, their, their schedule's pretty tough at the back end. Yeah. Yep. To be fair, in those games, they've played Eastern Washington, BYU, Washington State, Stanford, Arizona, UCLA, and Cal, which, is not a particularly strong schedule. Um, they end the season uh, with Utah at home and then at Oregon State. Um, so they've got some of the more difficult tests at the end of the year. So we'll see. Um, but, you know, like you said, they don't play USC in the regular season. It's it's a possible matchup in the, in the Pac-12 championship game, which at this point, the Pac-12 is looking, is on the outside looking in for the playoff. Um, yes. So, um, according well, to the playoff undefe- rankings, yeah, because they don't have an undefeated team. Yeah. I was going to say more than just that. I also say that because they don't have an undefeated team. So if yes. all the undefeated teams w- or the other conference win, those will get in. Like, that's just how that works. Like, I don't Correct. care if they drop a hundred on every other team, if they have one cool. loss conference champion and the other four are conference champions without any losses, it's a no brainer. Well, it's not possible. Of course. Uh, in the top five, there are guaranteed two losses in the current. No, it's possible. Playoff. It's possible. It's, it's possible for TCU. Michigan and Ohio State to play TCU's each other. TCU's at oh, seven. I guess if you have TCU, yeah. Yeah, which is still As, well, I said in the top goal. in the top five. Yeah, well, I was saying losses. there's six undefeated teams, and Correct. yes, to your point, Tennessee, Georgia will play this weekend, which will drop one of those undefeated teams, and Michigan, Ohio State will play will drop one of those teams. But TCU doesn't play either of those teams, so they could go. So it could be Correct. the Big Ten champion, Ohio State, Michigan, 
the Big 12 champion, potentially TCU, the SEC champion, Georgia or Tennessee, and Clemson SEC. If those four are undefeated conference champions, I don't care what Oregon, USC, or UCLA do. And, and Alabama's in the mix. And Alabama's in the mix. But we'll get to that in a second. We'll get into that in a second. Okay, okay, okay. But yes, yes. Looked good. Um, that's a quality one, I think, um, for Oregon. Um, other than that, I guess, uh, recently last week, Oklahoma State was ranked number nine. Kansas State was 22. Um, they got – Oklahoma State got shut out. Uh, 48 to nothing, one of the worst losses for uh, your boy Mike Gundy. Um, and now it looks like two purple teams might be the front runners for the Big 12, which nobody would have said that in August, September. Um, TCU Kansas State looks like they're on a crash course to meet again. We've seen this game a couple weeks ago. TCU won, they were down. Um, TCU looks really good. K State looks pretty good. They have two losses i think but well, and, and and they beat oklahoma state with their backup qb as well yes adrian, adrian martinez, martinez was out yeah. um and so they had the backup came in and he lit oklahoma state up so we'll see what they do from a quarterback standpoint going forward um we'll see if if they if they stick with the incumbent um or if they go with the hot hand so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they do um this next week against texas yeah yeah, I I think it's interesting. That'll be an interesting one also against Texas for K-State to keep on trying to winning to keep in the mix. I don't think they're really in the mix or the possibility to make the playoffs, but kind of in the mix because they could win the Big 12. But I have them look, kind of looking out. I have about 10 or 12 teams, and they're like 15 or something. So, anyways. Yeah, Will Howard is the, uh, is the guy, by the way. The, the K-State backup? Quarterback, correct. Yeah, Adrian yes. Martinez. I knew was a starter from no other than no other than Nebraska. And then Nebraska, yes. You played exactly. like which is for like fifteen years. K State is just purple Nebraska. Everybody knows that. Correct. So. Isn't that dude like twenty six or some shit? Also, which one? Will Howard? Adrian Martinez. Oh, Adrian Martinez. Wasn't he at like Nebraska for like four years or something? Yeah, he was there for a while. Let's see. Time to Google him. Yeah, he's been he was class of 2018. Oof. So 18, 19, 2021, 20, and this is 2022. This is fifth year. He can still get another one, actually. He's 22. Huh? He's 22. 22. Okay. He's still yeah. old. Yeah. January 7th, 2000. Oh, God damn it. Yep. That's how that works. <sighs> That's painful. Well, you don't uh, want to know how old what's his face that I, you just said who's his backup so you don't yeah, know, know don't i don't want to know the dude's probably uh, like 19 more than like oh three so <laughs> exactly exactly oh, connor wegman was born in oh four so oh Jesus. speaking of did texas a&m find their quarterback oh that's the segue okay um hey i mean you did it so i'll just take the reins it's not what i was getting at um okay um it looks like it like it um, he had a great game, fortunately could not win, um, lost 31 28. Uh, but he had four touchdowns over 339 yards. Yeah. Um, no picks, which is also really good. Um, and he seemed to just kind of play smoother, more relaxed um, than Haynes and uh, Haynes King and Max Johnson. Decisive. So, 
yeah, it looked it looked good. Um, I'm not gonna say Ole Miss is the a nails defense like a Georgia or something like that. Um, but they're not a horrible defense. You know, they're they're a decent defense, I think. Um, so it looks like good upside. Um, I did see something that he was the highest rated quarterback on PFF for any true freshman this year or something, which includes uh, Drake May from UNC, who might be also a Heisman dark horse. Um, also, UNC potentially could get in. I know we didn't talk about them, but um, so, yeah, it looks like he is um, as advertised, like we said, um, kind of hard to go off of one game, right? Um, you got to string along a couple of games to kind of set the tone, but it looks like he's the guy moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, I think they win that game if they don't give up 390 rushing yards. Rushing on yards, defense. yeah. Yep. So. Yes, that is a. That's a lot. Yeah, it. They, all that can be said is a disaster of a season continues, um, for Texas A&M. There is light at the end of the tunnel in Connor Wegman and a lot of these freshmen. Yeah. Um, but injuries, um, you know, uh, anemic play at the, in you know. What I'll say is Connor Wigman playing well doesn't necessarily mean that um, it was all the quarterbacks previously, um, mm-hmm. but anemic play from the quarterback position um, and just the offense in general um, has been really tough. And like I said, injuries, if you don't follow them closely, um, you know, it, the, the injuries have stacked up and have been just um, brutal all season. Yes. The Aggies, uh, but still, um, they have too much talent and too much depth um, at every position, but linebacker, <laughs> um, where they they should have been okay in a lot of these closer games, um, but they are three and five, so fighting for bowl eligibility this season. Yeah, um, we'll see. They could go. They need to win three out of four um, to get to six and six. UMass looks like a win. Auburn looks like a win. Florida and LSU, maybe they can win one or two. We'll see. Do we think? Do we think that the top three quarterbacks from the 2022 recruiting class will be sitting next to each other in New York at some point in the future? The top three quarterbacks from 2022. Well, it depends who you count for 2022. I count 2022 being when they were sophomores in high school. That's that's where I'm going to draw that line. So you do count Quinn? Of course. Okay, well, that's what I was getting at. Do you count Quinn or not? Yes. So you count Quinn, uh, Cade, and Connor? Am right. I missing something? Nope. Um, well, I think I would say no, because if you're counting Quinn, that means it happens. I think, I think Quinn's going to leave after next year. You think so? Yes. So... It would have to be next year. Next year. Um, not that Cade or Connor can't do it next year, but I mean Bryce he, won it as a as a as a true sophomore. As a true sophomore. Um but neither has played that much. Cade's played a little bit. Connor has one start. Yeah, but I mean, realistically, this is what all all you need is a few starts your your true freshman year. Um be an off season and it'll be interesting to see i was just curious if, if you if you think that that would happen especially i'll say it will it's more difficult of course if if quinn does leave yeah um, he only has one but, year but also i think 
people just aren't talking about how he really hasn't been as good. He's been very up and down. He's um, been up and down, but I think he's pretty good. Like, I, I don't see why he wouldn't leave after next season. Is my thing. He, he Like, he'll do his three years and leave. He has a history. Of? He has a history of leaving before he's ready. Oh, yeah, there you go. So he's not he's not going to stay more than past 2023. Especially if thinks, with... If he thinks he can get drafted high, which, you know... Teams will look at it from a promise standpoint. What what can we do with him? Like, mm. if if he thinks he can get drafted high in the first round, in the first, I think he goes and then yeah, is willing sure. to sit out for his first year. I mean, he's just going to do an Ohio State again. So for sure, but um, the problem with Quinn also, which is less so than Cade and um, Connor Q Q QCCs. Too many, um, is that they got um or Quinn has Arch Manning like right behind him. So Arch is coming in this year. He even said he's gonna um uh, enroll early in January. So he's gonna have the competition behind him. I don't think it's it's obviously gonna be Quinn's team. He's gonna uh, Arch is gonna register twenty twenty three, but he should be ready by twenty four. So unless if Arch transfers out, I don't think Arch sits for more than one year so then Quinn well, has to leave the I what I'll say is the the key here is if you think that Arch Manning is going to be able to take the position from Quinn yes you think so well no well in he won't need to because Quinn will be gone that's what I'm getting I know I'm, I'm saying but will Will Quinn actually feel pressure? That's the question. Will he actually? Will Will Arch get on on campus and everyone be like, "Wow, he is actually really good," or is it? You know, do we actually? Basically, the question is, do we actually think that Arch is as good as people think he is, no, and see, would push for the starting job? You're you're taking it. I think I'm taking a different stance on it. You're taking it on the football side, right? Football wise, who is better, and will they be pushed? I don't think that matters. I think for Texas there's probably an agreement already that he plays year two. If he doesn't play year two, he's leaving. Like, if he's not going to be the starter by 24, Arch probably has an NIL deals or whatever. Like, I'll sit for a year, but not the second year. If not, I'm leaving. And then recruiting-wise and hype-wise and all the nonsense, Texas needs to do that. So outside of the football ways, which is correct, it should be that way, I think. So you think it's political? Yes, exactly. Exactly. I mean, to be fair, if there is a school in the country yes. where the politics surrounding the team are the most important thing, it is Texas. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's they're going to like the Mannings or Arch in itself or his camp or whatever you fuck you call it will be like, oh, yeah, he'll sit two years. He'll sit one year. If he's not going to play the, t- the second year, he's leaving to go to Georgia. Like, that's just how that works. He's leaving and he's going to Ole Miss. Tennessee, any of these teams, really, all these teams have quarterback openings. Um, Tennessee would be interesting, but Tennessee's already got got their guy. Hendon Hooker? No, not Hendon Hooker. <laughs> um, yeah, I am a Liava or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Theoretically, they got their guy. We'll see. About Theoretically, that. we'll see about that nonsense. Um, <laughs> but yes, that's why I think for the original question you have, it'll be hard. I thought you were saying um, 
um, Ty Simpson, Alabama, because he is in the same situation almost. He won't. He hasn't played this year, but theoretically, unless if some nonsense happens, Bryce Young is gone. It might be like hand him the keys over Jalen Milrow, who has played this year for Bama, right? Like he's kind of the next guy in that group that you were talking about. Uh, the only interesting thing on this is that Quinn, Cade, and Connor, again, the C's, Q's, are all from Texas. So it would be a good um, storyline if they were all there because then you'd be like, oh, all the Texas guys, Southlake, so Dallas area, Austin, Westlake, Austin area, and then Bridgeland is, I guess, Houston area, right, technically, kind of. So that would be interesting if the three of them went, but I don't think it's going to happen, just personally. Okay. Um, okay. Getting into probably the hot topic that everybody wants to all the listeners want to listen about here our takes are the cfp rankings came out today if you don't know today is tuesday we record on tuesday so rankings came out first ranking of the year some people say that the first ranking doesn't matter all that matters is last ranking but i think the first ranking to me personally matters because it kind of sets the tone of what this new committee because every year's this change people that are there what this new committee um takes into account puts more emphasis on less emphasis on even though that to be honest it all seems like a crapshoot to me um somebody brought it up today on espn that they kind of try to make shit happen and then after they decide on the ranking decide why they did that way which if you do anything with arguments not how you do it you you have your 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 basis and you kind of filter it down to your conclusion instead of the opposite where you have your conclusion you're like oh how do we make these make sense anyways the rankings came out uh yeah <laughs> yeah it's making, it's making a decision and then coming up with reasons for it reasons for it yeah it's like no you should take your all this data and make some opinions from it not be your opinions and be like formulate why anyways i get to that because um we won't get into the whole top 25 because nobody cares about that but we'll get to the top eight or ten or so number one not that surprising tennessee number one number two I mean, oh i mean is oh that, you're surprised already I, I, yeah, I, I mean, surprised in that one. It's okay. I'll say I'm mildly surprised. Okay. Right. Um, the thing is with the college football playoff rankings, it's supposed to be um, starting from, you know, ignoring everything preseason, ignoring anything yeah. about where they're ranked, and then just looking at what they've yeah. done so far. So if you look at it from that perspective, Tennessee has more ranked wins they've got to win over alabama say, exactly you know which is more than what you know ohio state could say you don't think uh, tennessee is the best team in the nation right now today november 1st um no off of oh really off of the eight or nine weeks you've seen okay who do you have number one i guess we can we can get maybe into that more later <laughs> Okay, we'll go to the rankings. Anyways, I didn't think that was surprising. I thought it got surprising. It's, I mean, the thing is, one, two, and three, I think, could all be mixed around in any order. Almost. I almost agree. I think one, two, and three, almost. The fact that they put it in this order is where I got surprised. Almost any other order would have been fine. But they put Tennessee... Why did they put Tennessee? Because of what you said. They have the most ranked wins shown dominant, right? Who should be two then? Ohio State has beaten nobody. 
Nobody. They beat, they beat Penn State, so it's whether or not they think okay. Penn State win is a good is a good win. Compared to the Tennessee beating Alabama, the now number six team, and LSU, the ten team they have ranked, right? Yeah, which that is a surprise. Okay, and then Georgia is beating the number eight team. If you're going by that argument, right? If you're going by who have they beaten? Georgia has been number eight team. Ohio State has beaten the number fifteen. Tennessee has been a six and a ten. I get that one. So that makes sense. One made sense to me. Two, if you go by that logic. But then they fucked it up with putting Ohio State two and Georgia three instead of flipping it. Or if they would have put Georgia higher, I would have gotten it right, like the other way. Or Ohio State, you know, because I think of this is this is the eye test. The eye test, right? Yeah. In. But then what happened with the actual wins? Then like that's where they. That's what. I, that's where my whole start of this argument was. They kind of just put shit together when they want to. Because then, they yeah, go, I mean, like you said, these this this doesn't matter. These rankings don't no, actually it matter. Really matter. So, but it you know. says kind of a president. But anyways, number four was in Clemson, which also people were a little bit surprised because they thought they have Michigan over Clemson. Um, neither has looked great. Michigan probably looks better, and the eye test—they're bad. Michigan's bad. Everyone's bad. Oh, they're bad. You you Except never said it was pretty top good. Top three. Everyone else is bad. Yeah, you know you don't have to stamp the pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Tennessee, pretty good. Ohio State, pretty good. Georgia, pretty good. Everyone else, dog shit. Bad. Okay. Anyways, and then so that one was kind of interesting. Clemson four or five. And then I get it, the SEC bias, the Bama bias. I bring it up every year. They should not be ranked sync. TCU should be over Alabama. I just don't understand how that's not a thing. Bama should probably be lower than even seven. They should be like nine okay. or ten. Alabama, TCU, neutral field. Who do you put all of your money on? TCU. Straight up. You put it on TCU. TCU? Yes. I think he's got a way better offense man. right now. Also, Alabama hasn't looked good at all. They lost to um, Tennessee, granted the last field the last minute field goal. But they look bad against Texas. They almost lost to Texas A&M. Apparently, they suck against T teams, Texas, Texas A&M, and Tennessee. But uh, they would lose against TCU because another T team. So there you go. I would put. I mean, okay, to that logic, (laughs) I can't argue. But no, they haven't looked good. But they get the whole like last year. It was brought up. They had lost a game to Texas A&M last year, and they were ranked like two in the nation, even with a loss, the first ranking. Like, I get the bias, I get the SECs, all that nonsense, whatever. I think they might lose against LSU this week. And then it goes out the door. It won't matter for Alabama. But I think it should be the top six teams should be ranked one through six. So T- or there I was also upset that Alabama was higher than TCU. Just put them seven, make it be like, oh, the games actually matter instead of like, oh, they look better or whatever nonsense. No, it's just fucking bias. Just, just have all the undefeated teams one through six? Yes, they almost had it. Except for that one, they put Bam over TCU. I actually have TCU higher than six, but that's just me. They'll work. Um, it'll work itself out, you know. Exactly. That's what everybody says. But it just gets upsetting where, but the one the, through six don't make sense to me. The the key the where what you're complaining about for the listeners is that, and you you mentioned it, the ranking this ranking doesn't matter, right? None of them matter until December fourth. Mm-hmm. However. This gives us insight as to how they are thinking. Yep, exactly. So what this tells us is a one-loss Alabama would get in over 
an undefeated TCU if it were to happen today. Correct. So what is that going to mean come final selection? Correct. When Alabama has a loss, let's say still, and TCU is undefeated. Yes. Alabama will get in. Like yes. if, if ever if they both if win they out do that way. Yep. Then Alabama and, and to be fair, if Alabama wins out, I think well, they should make it. Right. That means they're yes. beating they're beating Tennessee or Georgia. Yes. I think they should get in and then I think theoretically TCU should all get in. But the problem with that is we're gonna get into this and I was gonna bring it up is is there a way I think there'd be a little bit of chaos where Tennessee, Georgia, and Bama are all right there to get in. Three teams. I know we've seen two SEC teams getting in a couple times now, but could there be three, right? Yes. Let's say Georgia beats Tennessee right this weekend. And Tennessee goes undefeated. The rest, they go 11-1. But because they lost to Georgia, they don't go to Atlanta for the SEC championship game. Then Bama wins out, beats a quality win with LSU, which we haven't even gotten to that. Why is LSU ranked 10? But anyways... Probably to prop up Alabama if they win this week, so more bias. Are you gonna say something before that? Well, I was just gonna Yeah, the 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 path is Georgia yeah. beats Tennessee. They win so Bama wins out and then Bama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. So yes. Bama ends up twelve and one SEC champs, they should be in. Georgia ends up twelve and one non SEC champion, and Tennessee is eleven and one, not even playing an SEC championship. What do you do then? I think all three are in. All three get in? That would be ridiculous. Be, well, and it, uh, so what also matters, in my opinion, is so the Tennessee-Alabama game was a game management issue right at the end for Alabama, right? Like, sure. that 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 game could have very easily gone Alabama, right? Correct. Realistically, right? right? Yeah. It's, it's an, it's, it doesn't matter if you win by 100 or 1. It's it's a win. So Tennessee in the record book yeah, won, but... won that game, but it still was an away game. That's getting right? that's still doing the whole. It's Bama though, because to the point we well, always no, bring well, this hold up. Hold up, hold up. It's not just because like it's it's a close game, right? It's these two teams went down to the wire. One of the teams had the ball right at the end, ended up without the ball. The other team kicked a field goal to win it. You would then argue that those two teams are pretty close, right? Like. So to say that Tennessee is the number one team and Alabama played them at at Tennessee almost to a win, right? And then if Alabama if were TCU to go... If TCU would have lost a game by a three-point last-second field goal, they would not be ranked even close to 10. Probably. Exactly. So like, the name they'd matters. They'd be like 11. The name on there matters. Like, also... If you're getting the argument, well, no, no, Texas, because because Alabama you're, if beat you're Texas, looking at just wins and losses, yes, just wins and losses. I'm saying they're looking at the eye test and they're looking I know. at the specific like how but these games you, went. Yes, but and not okay, but B- Bama almost lost to Texas. Bama beat Texas on a last second field goal. What if they block that field goal or that field goal gets missed? Then Texas is better than Bama. Texas should be ranked then three or two. Great. Now they've lost more after that, but at that point, right? See, but and it's it's tough. Like, because... I'm I'm looking at it as like, yes, you're right. The, the you got to look the whole composite instead of just win loss. But TCU has been dominating teams, playing very well, and then Bama has kind of struggled. Like they struggled against Texas and they struggled against Texas A&M. Like both those games, to your point, 
have they have an other way like Tennessee did, and they're sitting at five and three. They're not seven and one. TCU has not struggled. Like they have a little bit, but they win pretty convincingly usually, like at least eight, 10 points or so instead of last second field goals or last play wins or losses. So that's where I'm by compare them. If you take the names away and you were to compare them, I think TCU should be higher personally. Yeah. But going back to the question of can Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama all get in if, like you said, if Georgia beats Tennessee, Yep. And then Alabama beats Georgia, and all these games are three points or less. Yeah, really close. Yeah. Right. Then, okay. All these teams are theoretically very pretty good. close to each yeah, other. Very good. And they're all pl- beating each other. Right. So, I mean, if you want to call a quality loss, right. Well, they all have quality wins then. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's just no one else with a higher, with a quality of win equal to any of those. Right. I think they would all get in. I I, I just do. I think it would be difficult to get them in. There could be some chaos to make it happen. Because if there's an undefeated TCU, like you said, they'll get in over them. The Pac-12 is probably out if that's the case. The argument would be, would you not put in, like, let's say the Big Ten champion Ohio State, if they're undefeated, or a Clemson who's undefeated? Like, which of those so, do you leave out? So in this, in this, so let me give you this. What if, what if Tennessee... Early in the game, Hendon Hooker concussion. Mm-hmm. Right, he's out. That game ends 41-30-38, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Right, close game. Hendon Hooker's been out since the first quarter. Right, is Tennessee because they they lost, but they mm-hmm. lost in a mm-hmm. weird situation. Mm-hmm. Is Tennessee? Or is TCU better than Tennessee? No, TCU is not better than Tennessee. Okay, but right but now, if Tennessee were to get a loss, does that does that make Tennessee worse than TCU? No, but if you look at the this the, well, it depends also TCU what they do this week. I don't know who they play actually this week. Um, is it Kansas? It is Kansas, I think. I want to say it's Kansas. No, it's Texas Tech. It doesn't matter. Oh. They already played Kansas. They played Kansas like three weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. So going back to this, if because right now, if you look like strength of record, how they've been winning, um, how many ranked wins they have, all that, you you would put right now Tennessee above TCU. If Tennessee then loses to Georgia, like I said, it's a quality loss potentially. Maybe they'd be close. They'd be right there. But I don't. I'm not saying Tennessee should be or TCU should be above Tennessee. I'm saying TCU should be better than Alabama or maybe Michigan or maybe Clemson because TCU has had way more ranked win than Michigan and Alabama, and maybe even Clemson and more quality wins. Clemson's also been struggling. Like Clemson's also struggled against Syracuse and Wake Forest. Went to double overtime. Whatever. Like. TCU has it. Anyways, that was my point. I think hopefully it plays out, but I could also see it to your point where a little I bit mean, of chaos whatever happens. Whatever happens is what playing out is, right? It will play out. Yeah. Whatever happens, but, happens. And then at the end of the season, we'll have real discussions about, you know, with real information. Yeah, but you're right. But the point of talking about this is that I think that's already the president's already whack. It's already set in just nonsense because – if you're going to put in the quality wins, put TCU higher. 
Are you going to put just the eye test, put Ohio State and Georgia higher than Tennessee or at Bama higher than Clemson and Michigan, right? Like if you're doing it that way, but they mix them both in and they ne- neither makes sense to me in this case, these top six. Anyways, that's just my thing. Um, other ones I want to talk to them, talk about um, number eight, Oregon. Do they have a path to get in? Even though they... They need help, I think. Quality loss is... Can you call the 49 to 3 destroying quality loss? Because then to your argument, you were just saying with Tennessee, you know, what's his face? Hooker getting cussed. Nobody was concussed in that game. But first game, Bo Nix, they're really supposed to... Like, it's the first game of the season. You're still figuring it out. Dan Lanning's first game as a head coach. Um, it's supposed to be a neutral site game. That shit was in Atlanta, so... I don't know how that's supposed to be a neutral site game. Yeah. Um, obviously, defending national champion, Georgia, all that. Does that also, to your point of like off the W's and L's and points and, you know, does that get into it? You know, Bonick's first game, Danny Lang's first game, technically at Georgia home. Because then after that, they've destroyed, right? They've been really good after that. Well, I think, and this goes down to like a philosophical level as to how these teams are ranked right um if the wins and losses don't matter then why are we playing a whole season of games you know like they they lost that game and they lost horribly yes Mm -hmm. it was the first game of the season but are we just saying that the first game of the season doesn't matter you know like uh, you know, are we looking only at what the team looks like at the end of the season, or do we care that they lost a game? Right. That's one of my biggest qualms yeah. with the playoff and yeah. the rankings and expanding the playoff to 12 teams is now you can lose a game or two, you know, especially early in the season, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. It does not matter. Alabama lost, like like, like you said, it doesn't matter. It does not matter that they lost because the eye test, and this goes, this is a counterpoint to my own argument. Exactly. The eye test saves Alabama from yep. a full loss. That loss yep. counts for yep. 0.1 losses if yep. you look at just the eye test. Yep. It just doesn't matter. But well, that think... loss, that loss to Georgia is a full ass loss. I mean, that was a That's... clobbering. Yes. It was the I first agree. game of the season, and people are going to be yep. like, oh, well, it was the first game of the yep. season. They're so much better now than they were. Yep. Bo Nix is great, and they'll just forget about that and yep. and move on. Yep. That's so why just, I brought that, up that loss, that loss doesn't matter. To bring up the counterpoints and point, point to make. Because I think, to your point, and I've said it for years on this podcast, it's always like the Bama's, Georgia's, Ohio State's, until proven that they're like bad, even if they are bad, get the benefit of the doubt versus the TCU who, if they had any blemish on their schedule right now, the big 12 would be up. The big 12 wouldn't even be talked about, but they have to like go and kind of prove it and like take it from the Bama's and the Georgia's. That's what I'm getting. At. I think TCU should be higher. Should you put closer to four? That's just me. I think Oregon also should be in the discussion. It's hard because they got clapped. Like if it would have been a closer game, you probably had a better argument, but they got, like a 45 point game is like throttling. Like it's not like you clearly somebody was better on that day, right? Um, but I think there is a path for them and they should be in the discussion right there. Right there. I yeah. Think. I mean, I think there will be a path. 
especially because a couple of the teams will consume each other yes at the top and if they can knock out southern california and beat the rest of the teams on their schedule um you know be a seven and one or sorry they'll be 12 and one but then uh as the pac-12 champion um they need a little bit of chaos they need a little bit of chaos a little bit of help but there is a path theoretically yeah you would need you would need tcu to lose and you would need the SEC and I get three teams, obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's got to be chaos for the three-team SEC, but there's also got to be chaos for other teams to get in. So kind of just how that plays out. Well, and then you've got Clemson in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. You you I always put in there's going to be an undefeated Clemson and undefeated Michigan slash Ohio State Big Ten champion. So those two, if they keep that way, We'll stay. You'll have two there, and then theoretically, Georgia, Bama, and Tennessee should play itself out. But there could be a path where they all are still right there. Which, if that's the case, you're going to leave out either undefeated Clemson or an undefeated Ohio State. Oof. Over I mean, three SEC teams. I think. I think the most likely path is that because Ohio, whoever wins between Ohio State and Michigan, is going to win. Should get in. They'll go undefeated, and yep. they'll get in if they go undefeated. Clemson. Would right. get left out. Maybe, but they also have the best chance of losing another game on their schedule or in their championship game and then getting dropped because games at the end of the season matter more yes. than games at the beginning. But that, that's also that's you're assuming a lot there. No, you I'm just saying just, like you also just threw Illinois on the bus. Oh uh, yes. Like Illinois can get it could beat yes, a Michigan or Ohio State undefeated and then Fuck shit up, just chaos, right? But you I guess were... we'll. I guess we'll see. <laughs> I guess you. I guess I don't believe point, in Illinois. You believe so. You believe more in UNC than Illinois. Yes, because UNC might be the other one that plays the team that plays Clemson, and Illinois might be the team that plays Michigan or Ohio State. Kind of fun. We'll see. And it's funny because Illinois is sixteen and North Carolina is seventeen. Hey. Maybe they're saying something there. Okay. Anyways, um, other stuff I was going to bring up is LSU number 10. What do you think about that? Because technically, and they're right there in my bubble of in or shouldn't be in on the possibility. It's one of the last teams I have that could make the playoffs. If they beat Bama this week, and then they beat Arkansas and Texas A&M, they would win the West. And then if they beat Tennessee or Georgia, do they get in as a two-loss SEC championship champion? Back going back to your back statement of they would have lost to Tennessee, which is a quote-unquote quality win, quality loss, right? For LSU, right? And their first loss was in a nonsense last-second miss extra point against Florida State first game, Brian Kelly's first game. You know, back to all the arguments we bet about both sides of the coin. Would that be forgotten? Like, oh, that was the first game. They should have won that, you know, extra point, whatever. It was like two fumbles, nonsense, plus a quality loss to Tennessee. Or maybe they vindicate themselves and beat Tennessee in the SEC championship game. I think, yeah, I mean, I think if they vindicate themselves and beat Tennessee in the championship game and go undefeated otherwise, yeah, well, they, have to do they, beat, they beat Alabama, they then it gets really weird. It gets really goddamn weird. Right, do you, do you what do you do there? Because they they would have then had beaten 
Ole Miss, and Alabama. And, and Tennessee. the rest of the SEC West. Yeah, and Tennessee. And then they would have beaten Tennessee. Or Georgia, which either one is a good win right now, depending who yes. wins, right? Depending who wins on Saturday, they'll probably be one or two. I mean, there there really wouldn't be another team that could claim to have beaten Alabama, a, a team of the caliber of Alabama and whoever's going to emerge from the East. There isn't yep. going to be another team in the country that has Those wins. Wouldn't. Like yep. that, so they would get so, in, I think. So, I mean, if you just want to talk about a team that can beat anybody, then theoretically it would be that team. If if you've already shown that you can beat the number one team, because yeah. whoever wins, whoever wins this weekend is going to be the number one team Correct. for the remainder of the season until proven otherwise yeah. from a loss. Yep. So, who do you think? Um, I think we're kind of getting to the point of this. Um, who do you think has more pressure? Um, so there's two games both in the SEC, East and West. So Tennessee, Georgia, who do you think is under more pressure? Georgia. Yeah, Georgia for sure. Because Tennessee already is a one. Georgia, I think if they lose, doesn't have another way to get a good win to get back in. So I agree. Alabama, LSU in the West. Alabama. Ooh, okay. Okay. I mean, it's the difference between... I don't know on that one. For LSU, it's... They got nothing to lose. yeah, they really don't have anything to lose because it's unlikely. The, the scenario we just presented, it's unlikely. Very unlikely. Um, the thing with Alabama is if they get that that loss, then they're pretty much that's probably that's probably them being done. Yeah, that's season. Right. That's so that season. Um, and they've played a lot of really close games, and they're playing in Death Valley. Yes. So that game in you, Death Valley. If you want to talk about pressure. That's likely the team, in my opinion, that has more pressure. And also, LSU was picked to be one of the worst teams yes. in the SEC West. So they were every, supposed to be every, every win that they get in the SEC is a, is a bonus at this point, yep. right? Making they, it, they making had, it better. They had no expectations. So yep. they've already probably surpassed their own expectations by three wins, um, and they're at four. So Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I think those are, to me, about the top 10 teams that could get in. Then maybe Illinois or North Carolina because they could do some nonsense. but Some weird stuff. Yeah, but realistically, I put like the top 10-ish we talked about as the teams that still have a chance. Ole Miss is 11. Technically can if they beat Bama also in two weeks and LSU loses at least another one. Well... If Alabama were to win this week, then they'd have two losses. LSU would have two losses? Yes. In the yes. SEC? Yes. And then Ole Miss would have to win out yes. by beating Alabama? Correct. Yes. And then that would be good. So, yeah, technically they can still get in, but they're, there's a little bit more funkier because of it. But right there, 10-11 is what I have those 10-11 teams. All right. Anything else on CFP rankings for you? No. No, we'll just kind of touch on them periodically as we go throughout the season. But yeah, we'll see know. how they change. All right. Uh, moving right along, we're going to go to this week's what do you call this? What's the segment? How do they know? How do they know? Yeah. I just wait for you to say it. Um, how does Eric know? Or how do they know? All right. Um, like I said, our regularly um, scheduled broadcast is back on. Um, so. We'll just go right into it. Best oh, games out gonna... there. Yeah. Just dive right in. 
number one officially as of like two hours ago, whatever it is, number one in the CFP, not an AP. Tennessee at number three, Georgia. This game is in Athens. Probably the biggest game of Tennessee's probably last fucking 20 years or something. Close to. Which is wild because the biggest game in the last 20 years happened a couple weeks ago. Yep. And this one might be bigger. bigger. Of course, that the last one was a um, rivalry game at home. So, I mean, yep. Um, there's not much I can say that hasn't been said about either of these teams. Georgia is the defending national champion. They've kind of quietly amassed eight wins this season. Um, they have not had the dominant defense that brought them a national championship last year, but their offense is much improved um, this year um, with the emergence of, you know, or well, I guess not really the emergence of Brock Bowers, but the, the, continued greatness of Brock Bowers along with the rest of the receiving core um, and just a solid offense in general and a quality defense, a very good defense. We'll call it elite. Elite. Okay. It's not the elite defense that they had last year. um, And they are now missing some pieces. Nolan Smith Uh, out for the season. Nolan Smith out for the season. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Tennessee feels very much like LSU 2019. Um, oh, good analogy. And that they are continuing to build throughout the season. They're getting better and better. Um, so Tennessee's offense is probably the most potent in the country. Um, you know, uh, it'll be it'll be a duel, I think, offensively. Um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, but I think being at home and, you know, they're not talked about much, but they are a very, very strong team. I am trying to predict again, the ranking or the, the, the lines, the line minus seven and a half to Georgia. And that is kind of including about a three point push towards Georgia for being the home team. Okay. Um, yeah, all the stuff you said. I think we talked about these teams too much already in this podcast, so I won't say anything. Um, this line has changed a little bit. It has moved, but it is right now Georgia minus eight and a half. So I think that is a W for you. Um, I think technically some places when it first opened was Georgia 11 and a half, um, but I've heard there's been fat money on Tennessee, so it's moved to like, nine eight and a half right now is what i've got it right now it might even move more keep a line keep an eye on this one because it could go to like seven if it gets to like seven you might not want to touch it but anyways just that's a w on you because you said minus seven and a half for georgia all right second game um let's go not sec just to mix it up number 21 wake forest coming off of a thrashing they got destroyed by louisville um, against number 22, NC State, uh, now without their star quarterback, Devin Leary. This game is in NC State, in North Carolina. Um, I mean, like you said, um, Wake Forest is kind of uh, a little bit down right now um, in NC State, missing their starting quarterback. Um, I think it's a very it's a very interesting situation. It's hard to tell which way this will go. Um but just 
Um, I basically looked at it as kind of a pick em at this point. Um, and then I pushed the three points, essentially two and a half points to North Carolina State. So I did minus two and a half to NC State. Minus two and a half to NC State. Interestingly, they have it Wake Forest minus four and a half. There you go. I don't know why. I think the NC State quarterback Devin Leary not being there could be likely an issue. Um, but I was also a little bit surprised at that one. Just slightly. All right. Um, it's one and one. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Not horrible, but you know, it's all right. Um, going back to the SEC for the other big uh conference division game i guess um and also uh rank game now number six bama against now number 10 lsu like we said it is in death valley in baton rouge what do you got so i just still don't know if i believe in lsu um that's fair i I have mixed feelings. Them being 10, we talked about, is questionable. Um, you know, I still think Alabama's got some good weapons. They are not – they don't have what they had at receiver last year. Um, uh, but they still have plenty of talent. Um, neutral site, I would have Bama by 14. Um, yeah. But being at LSU, 11 and a half. To Alabama. You got 11 and a half to Alabama? Correct. All right. Um, Vegas or ESPN, whoever has it, minus 13 to Bama. Um, that is also a big number to me. That is a W for you, though, um, within two points, barely. Um, but that is within two points. So good get there. Um, I don't really know how to play this game. Because I don't believe in in LSU either. But I don't I think 13's a lot. I think there's just a so, lot kind of to your point. So I'm 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 leading to take LSU on this one, but I also don't believe in LSU. So maybe just because of the home field advantage, I'd take them. I don't know. So the reasoning I don't believe necessarily in LSU. We and we talked about them real quick, but they lost to FSU. Yep. Um they they beat Miss State, but I I also don't – I think Miss State is not as good as people think they are. They beat Auburn by four. That's not something to brag about. They yeah. lost to Tennessee by 27, which is a lot. Um, they beat Florida by 10. Florida is bad. And mm-hmm. they beat Ole Miss by 25. And that looks like a good win. That's like a good um, But – Again, Ole Miss had not played anybody. And I do not think they deserve the ranking of which they have. So I just think I think LSU is a little bit overhyped right now um, because they've had a pretty weak schedule. So, I mean, okay. I think they're overhyped. I don't too. see that as being that, that big of a line. Oh, fair enough. The 13? Yeah. Okay. I think they're overrated too, overhyped. But I also think Alabama is overrated, overhyped. So, as I said, yeah. extensively already. So, anyways. Okay. 
we'll move along. That's two one so far. Pretty good. We got uh the last ranked game. We do have two more games. The last ranked game, number four, 24, newly ranked Texas. Um, at number 13, K State. Uh, we talked about K State a little bit, potentially has possibility still to win the Big 12. Texas coming off a bye week after losing to OK State. Not many people really know what they are. They're kind of an up and down team. Look good, look bad, look good, look bad. Uh, Quinn is still Quinn, so also looks good, looks bad. So who do you got on Texas at K-State? So for Texas, um, I don't I, – I mean, I think, like you said, Quinn is Jekyll and Hyde. He's all over the place. Um, Bijan's good. Their defense is better than people thought they would be. Um, they played at Alabama close, but they've also lost three games. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they're a very complete team. I think they've got a lot of weaknesses. K-State is kind of an enigma, but they just kind of seem to put in work. They just yep. go to work with a briefcase and just do their business and leave. And nobody really talks about them that much. They just absolutely embarrassed Oklahoma Sounds State, like which – it exactly sounds like K-State. Um, they absolutely embarrassed Oklahoma State last week to, you know, to the tune of 48 to nothing. Um, Real bad. Mike Gundy claimed, you know, took responsibility and said he did things this week in practice that he hadn't done before, blah, 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 blah. There's no reason that they should lose 48 to nothing, if even if that were the case. Um so it gives gives you an idea that K-State is better than what people think. I have K-State minus six and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I thought you had this a lot of it. I thought you were going to be way closer to this because they have Texas minus two and a half. Um, I think there's a bias there. I think it's because it's Texas um, and K-State. Like you said, doesn't get talked about. They go in. They do their work. They get their dubs. They walk out. Nobody even talks about them. Um, Adrian Martinez being injured might be a factor also, but I don't think that should be that much. Um, theoretically, if you put the three home points back, Texas is like a six-point favorite, so or five and a half, six. So a little bit surprising, um, but I feel like it's just interesting because of how both these teams are going. I would also take K-State on this line, though, personally. So little bit off on that one. All right. 2-2. Two, two. Let's see if you can make it three out of five. Last game. Not a ranked game, but uh, we'll make it five games. Make it an interesting game. We have number four, uh, newly appointed number four, Clemson at unranked Notre Dame. This game is in South Bend. Who do you got? So I've talked about Clemson being probably not being maybe as good as people think they are um, probably not deserving a number four ranking. Um, they've had some struggles. However, if you want to talk about struggles, Notre Dame is the first team that you could probably talk about as among some others, but um, it's going to go South for Notre Dame in South Bend. Um, I have Clemson at minus 17 and a half. Whoa, minus 17 and a half. I thought you thought Clemson was overrated. But I think Notre Dame <laughs> is really not good. Wow. You really don't think Clemson is or Notre Dame is good. Well, unfortunately, you missed on that one. I don't know if you meant to do that. Uh, the line is Clemson minus, minus three and a half. So you're okay, about 14 so, points oh, off. A little off. 
Yeah, that one might be your worst bet this week. Well, we'll hold up now. We'll, well, we'll, we'll see, revisit this at the we'll at, on 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 next week and see what happens. All right, we'll see about that one. That one's the one that caught me off guard. Okay, yeah, three and a half. It might move. I mean, who do you who are you who are you taking? Uh, it's not going to move to seventeen. It's not going to move to seventeen. No, who, I who would you have taken? I got Clemson on. Uh, actually, I had it at minus four, and now it says minus three, but around there, minus four. Bro, minus is that three. free money? Is that game free money? I'm taking Clemson on that. I think that is um, the problem. Is oh free? It might be free money. It might be free money. But the only thing I will say, the only caveat is, as you said, you think Clemson is the more prone team of the undefeated to lose in the regular season. So this that. might be that trap game that like Notre Dame's trash and like that game that Marcus Freeman wins. And it's like, Oh, I'm for real now. And Notre Dame's like back on the map, quote unquote, whatever. They're not really, but it could be it. But I also think Clemson's going to win by like two touchdowns. 14 is what I would have said closer to like 10 to 14 is what I would have said. So, um, so it might be free money. Might be free money. An, an interesting little thing here. If you just if you just went on common opponent Syracuse, which they played back to back weeks. They played back to back. Clemson won 27-21. Notre Dame won 41-24. There you go. So if you go off that, then Notre Dame's gonna win by 14. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's only minus three and a half. And maybe that's why. But I will stick with my guns. Okay, so you have Okay, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Um, yeah. Uh, after a rough start this season with our bets, oh, um, uh, it was it was a really tough time for me. Apparently, um, I went down. I went down a lot. Um, I went down sixteen hundred dollars. Um, in terms of close to Berto, um, that was week four. Um, I had 3000 with a $4,000 bet. He had 4,600 on 4,000 bet. Um, since then Berto has just absolutely careened, um, towards, towards the ground. Um, and not only did I pass him in week seven, I am now above the betting line. Um, I am I am green. I am making money now. I'm printing it essentially. Oh, um, barely, dude. On, okay. on the on the nine thousand dollars bet, I have one hundred dollars made. Um, so that's pretty good. And Berto is down about two hundred and fifty dollars. So, um, this played out similar last year. Um, I expect it to continue this way. It did. Um, we got free money with the Clemson line. Um, we'll see how that plays out. I've actually uh, with, not done that bad. I just, from, I was up six hundred dollars. I'm down like two fifty. Like I haven't done that bad. You just did very well from being so bad, so the, far behind. And and the thing is, the last since week four, I think, was when we actually started doing the lines. Yes. Um. And so me picking the lines um, and then using the bet is actually what's helped me. So which we'll is kind of interesting. We'll see. We'll see. So who knows? Who knows? All I right. was Eric. And this was Berto. And we'll, uh, this is totally biased or something. We'll see you next week. <laughs>